This is Rebecca Fleetwood Hessian, host of the Badass Women's Council podcast, and I'm glad you're here. So before we launch into the episode today, I'm going to give a little context in setting up this episode. As I think I've shared before, I am the parent of two kids, a 17-year-old daughter, and my son will be 21 on Monday, actually. And through my parenting journey, I have done things a little bit different. I have believed in parenting the kind of human being that I wanted my kids to grow up to be and didn't put as much stress and pressure on grades. And I've taken a little flack for it, as you can imagine, because some people believe that if you don't push your kids to get into the right school and do the right things uh, academically, that they will struggle. And I do believe in education wholeheartedly believe in education. And I also believe that each child has unique talents and gifts. And oftentimes our traditional school system doesn't allow those unique talents and gifts to be rewarded. Um, and, And sometimes I think By the nature of not getting rewarded for those things early on, kids are afraid to use them because they don't see their value. And today's episode is with Ava Wetrick, and Ava is a podcast host herself, and she's also a high school student. And as you listen to Ava, she's unique. There's no doubt. She's using her gifts. She's extremely self-aware. But there are several things throughout this episode that I found myself thinking, my goodness, if we would give kids an opportunity to chase some of their ideas around earlier, I think it would have a dramatic impact on their sense of confidence and meaning and purpose. And I don't know, I just get really passionate about it. I had a meeting with some friends this week where we were talking about how to support our teenagers and our kids in this regard. And it's just an area that I think we have got to start paying attention to. The depression, the suicide rates, the the challenges that and pressures that our kids are under these days. You know, we really have to ask ourselves, are we modeling the right things for them? Are we modeling stress and pressure? Are, is the expectation that that's just how life is? And if you're not allowed to use your gifts and talents and really be who you are, aren't you depressed and not feeling like there's reason in your life, purpose in your life? I don't know. I just get really upset and passionate about this topic. Uh, I'm I'm rambling now, so I'm going to get on with the episode, but I just wanted to give a little bit of context that if you are parenting, maybe it's time to stop telling and start listening more. Maybe it's time to start hearing our kids and hearing their passions and their dreams and their talents and letting go of that illusion that there's a normal or a right and wrong way and let some of their gifts and talents and passions lead you. So, okay, stepping off my soapbox now and launching into an amazing episode with Ava Wedrick. Here we go. 
Hey, Ava, how are you today? Excited and honored to be on. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so you are a fellow podcaster. Mm-hmm. And I found you, if you will, on LinkedIn through some work that your dad was doing. But I am just so excited for you to be here and share your journey. And I think it's important. I don't do this with any other podcast guest, but I think it's really important for you to share your age. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how I open up. Hey, how are you? Yeah. And by the way, how old are I you? That was a secret. <laughs> no, 17. 17. Going on 18 soon. Oh, how yeah. soon? Uh, January. Awesome. Yeah. I can't even imagine what the birthday party is going to be like for you on your 18th. It's but not. <laughs> and, and, and I say that because the the work that you're doing and the influence that you're having at 17 years old is astounding. I, and I don't yeah. use that word lightly. I, I really do. I am so impressed by the work that you're doing and excited for you to share your story because I have a 17 and a 20 year old and I feel like I was uh, kind of in the know about what's happening with with teens and young mm -hmm. adults. And you saw some things differently and mm -hmm. said, I I want I want to reach out and help. Tell, tell the story about how yeah. your podcast started and what it's about. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I guess story wise, seven hour car drive right with my dad down to Quincy, Illinois for one of his speaking gigs. <laughs> Soon to be. I didn't know my first speaking gig. Threw me up on stage last second. It was fun. But um, on the way there, there was some celebrity gossip on the radio. And my blood was boiling. and I didn't like it. And I turned it down. I'm like, Dad, this is what's wrong. This is what's wrong with kids. He's like, what do you mean? And I go on to explain. I'm like, you know, they're just it's just shallow and self-promotional. And they don't want to help the world. And this doesn't make any sense. Why do we, why do we want to listen to these people? Because the people that I grew up with, you know, like Navi and Jane, Simon Sinek, you know, all these, all these phenomenal. Now I told you we refer to Simon Sinek as my your boy boyfriend. <laughs> okay, your just, boyfriend. Yes, so thank you. Navi Jane's your boyfriend. Um, <laughs> you know, all of these people that I grew up with, they genuinely wanted to help the world, and they wanted to make sure people were better off. You know, because they wanted to be better. They wanted to grow. They wanted to help the world. And I was like, Dad, why don't we know about these people? Why don't kids know about these people? Mm -hmm. And there is no answer for that. We just don't know. They don't exist unless you're curious enough to go find them. Right, but that's, right. I mean, that takes a whole another mindset and framework, especially at that young of an age. And not everybody has the exposure to things like your dad as an educator and oh. also as an influencer himself. And you're trying to take that story and say, I want to create this opportunity for everyone. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, I mean, it's not a way of saying like, oh, you know, screw these people that are trying to make a lot of money. No, it's about... It's about helping people and making sure that they live the best lives that they can live. Because, I mean, if you want to get, a, I mean, I don't want to say a little sappy, but if you get a little like into the motions of it, into the depths of it, I want to make sure that kids know that life doesn't have to be like it currently is. Depression rate, I mean, like the anxiety Share rate. Share some of these statistics. Yeah. We talked about this. This is important. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize that this is the reality. We we hear the stories, but the stats are staggering. Yeah. The, I mean, the suicide rates among young people, especially millennials, is higher than ever. 85% um, of uh, kids my age, so teens, have are diagnosed with anxiety, and 60% of which also have depression. Um, and, and it's really awful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have to ask why they got there. And I mean, I, I know specific instances are them you know they're specific but at the same time i i genuinely believe that it's a lack of purpose and it's lack of meaning and they don't mm -hmm. know what to do with their life and everything that um they're guided towards is wrong and they're confused and 
and and they're channeling I want that energy <laughs> that mm-hmm. creative and, the, and that mind they're you know they're they're focusing it in the wrong way and so well it's we just talked painful. about this earlier is you mm-hmm. get these thoughts in your head and what you feed grows and when you don't spend a lot of time out interacting with other people and having meaningful conversations you just start to ruminate some of these thoughts yeah. and beliefs and it's a downward spiral well yeah I mean I in genuinely and I don't say this a lot I don't say this on the podcast but genuinely I believe that if I wasn't on the track I am now, I would not be in a good spot mm-hmm. because I know that I'm very self-aware and I know how big of a thinker I can be. And that can easily be shifted in the wrong direction. Oh my gosh, I, just pause for a minute because this is big. And, and this is one of the reasons I started this podcast is in the reason that we call it reflection and connection mm-hmm. because reflection is has a good side and a bad side, right? So mm-hmm. you need to be self-aware. You need to make sure you're assessing your mindset. And you can also take thoughts and create head trash out of them that just sends you into a bad place. Definitely. definitely. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to, and I'm not going to lie. Like I was being an, I was in a very cynical mood a couple days ago and I was like, <laughs> none of this matters. I mean, I'm doing nothing. And, but, but I'm not, and I know I'm not because I've gotten the progress and I've gotten the, you know, the reports. I mean, I've gotten that feedback of it, it is a good thing and it does help. But it is true. Even though you mm-hmm. get that kind of, affirmation, which has been amazing. You can read your recommendations on LinkedIn and know that people are saying great things. But in those quiet moments when you're just alone with your thoughts, oh my gosh, it's amazing how quickly they can just start to spin. And that's the toughest part. But at the same time, you have to um, and, and again, I'm, I'm not perfect. Not saying I've, I've done this. I'm working on it. But you have to develop this confidence in this. It doesn't matter. I know I'm doing good. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's nothing right now, but I know I'm doing good, um, regardless of no one's watching. And you know why you're doing it. You have a purpose. Mm-hmm. So instead of maybe some of your peers who are doing YouTube channels and things like that, which I still think is a courageous act. I don't yeah. even care what you're what you're selling or what you're doing. Just to courageously put yourself out there, I'm for. But you're taking a different spin on that and saying, I'm putting myself out there because I want to send a message that I think is going to help others Mm -hmm. and expose them to things that they may not have had exposure to before. Yeah. I mean, and and not only that, it's not only is that the exposure, but it's it's a great one. A lot of people end up. I mean, at first you're going to be confused and hurt and you're have to, going to have to grow. One of my favorite stories is how lobster grows, right? It oh, feels I love uncom- this one. Tell it. Yep. Yeah, it feels uncomfortable and it has to crawl under a shell and, you know, molt and come back out. And it's a, it's a bigger, stronger lobster. It's right. awesome. But it's but a you, painful experience, it, right? It does. And you have to feel uncomfortable to do so. So um, taking these kids and making them feel a little uncomfortable. And that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to do a mastermind course. And I just figured out a great way to do this, consistently asking questions. I can do a five-minute lecture and be like, okay, so what's your environment look like? Because that's one of the focuses. What's your environment look like? Well, you know, like I just hang out with friends and I'm on my phone a lot. Why? And, you know, just really pressing down. And um, But after that uncomfortableness, you can feel so much more alive and free like that lobster does. So mm-hmm. and giving them that freedom, that love. And helping them think through it. You're not oh, giving definitely. them the answers because the answer is going to be different for everyone based on their circumstance, right? Mm-hmm. You're just asking the challenging questions and the context and the why to help people imagine something different than, than what they currently have. Exactly. Which is the key to getting people to help themselves out of the situation, not telling, giving them the answers. And, and, and the best part is, is they think it's their own, own idea because it is. It is their own idea, right? It, You've just pushed them out of their comfort zone. Yeah. Like I love my dad. But when my dad tells me to do something. <laughs> <laughs> so 
you, you really know? are in some ways a typical teenager. That oh. makes me feel good. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. Well, honestly, if you think about it, because I was talking to my friend about this, I feel it every day. So I'm a very, like, it sounds kind of like cocky when I say it, but I'm a very self-aware person. And there's times where I can quite literally feel a clash of brains because I, I do have this adult mature brain at times I have this adult adult mature brain and then I have this teenage brain and I can feel it I legitimately feel it um colliding a lot and then I do what am I going to do in these situations Mm so it's it's an actual thing because my son is 20 and he's a songwriter and a musician and I've always called him an old soul yeah and he from the time he was very young would say things to me like mom and his, his like you his language his vocabulary his thoughts are very advanced but he would say to me mom promise me that you'll remember what it's like to be a kid because we can't lose that we can't lose that feeling of creativity and, and like he would process that out loud that he he wanted to move forward but yet he didn't want to lose all of those great qualities yeah. about being a kid well cuz it's the it's the child likeness versus the childishness Ooh, you know, say that again. It's the childlikeness versus the childishness. Ooh, quotable. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Well, because childishness is like, you know, you throw the temper tantrums mm-hmm. and you get jealous and you're two year old. And that's mine. And you get and really that's angry. not even about age. I know adults that do. That, right. <laughs> but they're very childish. <laughs> yes, exactly. And call them childish. But, you know, but you have this childlikeness and this is and this is the wonder in your eyes. The yeah. You know, you know, you're very open to things. You want it. You're curious about these experiences and you have this love in your heart. Um that's the childlikeness. And that's, you know, in the creativity mm-hmm. too, is it, and that's a great thing to strive for always. And I think curious is a great thing to talk about mm-hmm. as I look at what I'm coaching and trying to, to help is for people to be more curious about the things in their business, about their relationships. To me, curiosity is a key trait that gets you in. It also pushes to the discomfort zone sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. But if you if you follow that curiosity around, there's such interesting places that you'll end up. And if I'm thinking about teens and the folks that you're going to be working with, channeling the natural curiosity into something that's helpful and functional, because face it, I mean, sometimes, you know, a 15, 16 year old, their curiosity is going to take them down a bad path. Right. Oh, yeah. But if you can channel it into something that still feeds that stimulus in their brain but it's something that's far more productive oh it makes you feel alive in a different way yeah you know i Mm -hmm. i I have a friend i love him to death um he he, he's he was really excited because a lot of things in his realm were were going great and he's he's like had this like just brain high he's like ava is this what like acid feels like because like he's like i don't even need it (laughs) he was so excited he's like ava great things are happening i love this and he was just on like a like a brain i I, I was like that's so awesome i was like that's so awesome i don't even know i was able to do that too at like fifth grade i didn't even know how just existentialism man it's awesome. So that just triggers <laughs> in that, you know, you're, when you get your prefrontal cortex, it's a neuroscience thing. It really is. Oh, yeah, it yeah. taps into something that gets you excited and it, it feeds off that. I love that. It's like adrenaline. Yeah. <laughs> you should make that into your marketing for your masterminds. I'm I'm like drugs, only safer and something. <laughs> I'm like drugs, but productive. <laughs> maybe, Adderall. Maybe you, should, maybe you should run that by your dad. I'm not sure he's going to go for that. But <laughs> anyway, so another thing I want you to share, because I really want to learn about this too, is when I look at your podcast guest, mm-hmm. and the name of your podcast is, tell mm-hmm. everyone. Mentors with a Z. <laughs> Mentors with a Z. Your guest list is legit. Like, mm-hmm. it is not like 
the cool kid across the hall or even <laughs> the best teacher at school. I don't mean that to sound patronizing. I mean that as a comparative reality that you have really, really yeah. good guests. Thank you. So how does one wake up one day and, well, on a seven or 11 hour car drive, I can't remember how long you said, but <laughs> how do you go from, I want to do something different to one, starting a podcast, which I know as yeah. of the last few months is no easy journey. And two, getting the kinds of guests that you have on the show. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't tell this side story a lot, but honestly, that car drive was not the moment for me. Ooh, I thought it was a good idea. I thought it was a good idea. But at the same time, I, I didn't I didn't believe in it. I said, that'd be so fun. That'd be so cool. I'd be so, but I was a little scared of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll, I'll always remember, I, you know, the roundabouts, they have like oh, trees yeah. and whatnot in them. It was, it was fall. It was brisk. And I was reading under a tree in the middle of a roundabout outside of my neighborhood. And I finished the last page of this book called Likes Versus Legacy by Mike Smith. Love Mike Smith. And I close it and I realize, I just realize. Just, I just, it hit you then. It, it was just, a be- I didn't even remember what the, what the word said. It was just beautiful epiphany. And I understood. I understood what this could be for me. I understood what this could be for others. I understood. I understood what the good it could do in the world and how much it could just advance. And I was so excited. I just, you know, tears in my eyes, excited. Oh, I love that. When <laughs> hits at that level. So, how long was it between the idea in the car and the epiphany at the roundabout? Do you know? Do you remember? Uh, I don't know. Months, but, years. You know, I I have to say it was maybe like a month mm-hmm. because it was on my mind. And I was scared of it because I didn't know the the potential reality mm-hmm. of it. Because another thing Mike Smith was talking about is what's the worst can happen, but what's the best that can mm-hmm. happen? And, you know, the best is like, you know, really skyrocketing. The worst that could happen is, you know, you suck <laughs> and you and stop. so what, right? Yeah, we exactly. We suck at things all the time. That's part of being uncomfortable yeah. to get to something that's amazing. Which is kind of the cool thing because I realize that I don't fear rejection. I, I don't fear oh. it. It doesn't make sense to me. I learned the, actually, I learned the other day at a networking event that, Kids didn't want to be in areas where they didn't have any, they didn't know anybody because they feared rejection. I was like, seriously? No, that's a big thing. Yeah, I didn't know. I never knew. So I was like, this makes a lot of sense. So that's why you I go up to the podcast why, guests. Though, because that's not most adults even fear rejection. What do you yeah. think it is? Do you think that's a learned behavior or is that just a trait that you were raised with in the way that your family interacts <laughs> that it just never entered your thought process? You know, Part of me thinks I was that unaware. Like, I think I was that. Useful unawareness. I think, seriously, I, I think I was. Because the thing was, is because I, I, I remember in elementary school, I was angry because other kids had friends. I was a little turd. I'm not going to lie. I was the worst kid in elementary school. I was so mean. But like, I was angry because I didn't have friends. And I was like, why? Why? And it's because I was a jerk. And I, I had to, so I had to learn. I learned really fast, so I'm not going to lie. But, you know, after I learned that, you know, how to be nice and how to treat people nice out of fear. Um, whatever it takes to get to the next stage. Whatever. Fear is a good catalyst for change. It is. It is. When you, when you, when, yeah, <laughs> that's another great side story. But I, I think it's a little bit because I was, I was raised and a little bit of the fact that I don't think I understood rejection of fear because like middle school wasn't that awkward for me because I'd go up and talk to you. I would go up and talk to strangers. I actually went up and talked to a homeless man on the side of the road. And my friend said, don't you, don't do that. And I was like, why not? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it was just that blissful unawareness, which is really cool. Um, And I think it's also something you let go of, but yeah, that I think that unawareness also helps me just talk to my guests because I feel like they're people. They Um, are people. Yeah. Well, because it was a huge (laughs) difference because, you know, there's some people that I I idolize completely. 
But then I also have to take a step back, especially when I'm about to like record with them. And I'm yeah. like, you're a human being. Yeah. That's awesome. And I treat them as, as a human being. Yeah. And, and then everything fearful melts away because you realize that they're a person. I love that. <laughs> I love that. And you approach them like a person too. So when you're thinking about who you want to have on as a guest, you literally just call them up and say, hey, my name's Ava, 17, <laughs> got a podcast. You should, you should be on. In in some ways, in yeah, sometimes yeah. Okay. Um, but not calling usually like on LinkedIn or by or like I, you know you try to find their email or you try to find their phone number well, in any any way. Call you can. is a generalized term at yeah. my age, but you know, <laughs> call when's last time? Okay. Oh yeah. I get it. And actually, I hate it when people call me on the phone. So okay, I'm just old school. Go ahead. <laughs> I got you. No worries. Um, but yeah, anyway, I can try to get into contact with them. I do, and usually there's like a couple factors that play into it. Hey, I'm 17. Here's my mission. I want kids to know about you. And I want, I want, I, I, not only do I want kids to know about you, I want them to learn from you. Mm-hmm. I want kids to look up to you. I think you could lead this. I, I think you could lead this new generation if they know about you. Mm, that's great. And so people you're, are you're, automatically well, interested. Because you're taking your mission and you're intertwining it with their mission. I mean, that's, exactly. that's, the, that's the greatest part of connection ever. Yeah. When you can co-mission together. Yeah, because well, it's like help people, help help youth. Absolutely. So a, a key way that you are reaching out and connecting with people is on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. You have a huge presence on LinkedIn. Tell me about your experience and how you're using that and how's that going and yeah, what's happening. That, I mean, LinkedIn's been phenomenal. The, the people I've gotten to meet are, I, I love the people on LinkedIn. Very supportive group, very kind group, very helpful group. <laughs> Way, way different than Facebook or Snapchat <laughs> or it's like the legit place little, to connect. A little, a little. Yeah. <laughs> Although I do like me some Instagram, so I'm not a hater. No, I feel for that. <laughs> but, it, you know, it's just, it's a great community and they're all, not all, I can't say all, but, you know, they're, they're all just very different minds and experiences and they want, and they want to help, especially when you're um, 16, 17, 18. Yeah, absolutely. And, and in your 20s as well. They like that. So, um, coming onto the platform as young as I was and excited as I was and wanted to do something, I I, I caught wind. I didn't know. I didn't know that was going to happen, but, you know, caught wind very fast. And uh, most recently, LinkedIn has taken me some really cool places. Yes, I mean, tell them about your most <laughs> recent trip. So, okay, let's, let's, before we even go there, because I feel like that's a little bit of a finale kind of thing. Ah, so yeah. LinkedIn, in case some people aren't as active on it as, as you are and, and myself and most of the folks that I'm interacting with, LinkedIn is a great place that you can go find people who are interested in similar things as yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So through hashtags or searches, and you are putting out content so that it's not just that you have a profile on LinkedIn where if people accidentally find you, or if you send them a message that they can go read your profile, which is great. You're mm-hmm. actually putting content out onto the platform and interacting with people. So tell a little bit about the videos you do and the interaction that you're having, and then we'll build up to where that's taking you, because that's amazing. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of my, this this is the cool thing about LinkedIn. LinkedIn in itself is very, not very, but it's a little anti, um, it's a little anti-filter. It's a lot anti-filter. Say more about that. So, a lot of times on Instagram or on Facebook, you put on a face, you put on a show. Oh, literal filters. Yeah. Filter. <laughs> yeah, no, and yeah, you you put on literal filters. Mm-hmm. Um, LinkedIn doesn't like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have, and again, like I don't, I'm not like I love it too. I mean, you can have like a really nice backdrop. You can have mm-hmm. subtitles. You can have it all, and you look great. People, uh, people like that. But what people like more is raw footage. Yeah, 
I mean, I mean, I'm always, everyone's fan of subtitles. I don't have subtitles yet, but you know, they like the raw footage. They like the journey. They like the story. They want to understand you and get to know you as a human being, mm-hmm. not your not your persona. So yeah, a lot of my videos are just sitting in my car in between appointments and just random what's happening. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and everyone likes that because it's yeah. showing who you are and it's showing your ups and your downs. And um, and it really allows you to connect mm-hmm. with your audience. And I, I don't know. I don't know if this was the reason, but I think that's why my audience connected th- with me so fast because they saw um, potential and they also saw a friend um, yeah. or at least someone that they, they can understand. Just being authentic, being yeah. yourself. Yeah. Really, yeah, really being authentic. So that's what all my videos are. I mean. For me, it's just my video, like it's my phone camera. I'm like, hey guys, yeah. um, I just want to tell you about what's happening right now, and that usually is helpful because then you get advice and you get a support group, um, and then or sometimes you get criticism, and that's okay too. Like seriously, <laughs> LinkedIn has criticism, but it's good. Well, we I just did a a podcast on the difference between feedback and affirmation. So feedback mm-hmm. is a way that you put yourself in that situation to get a little uncomfortable because you need the criticism to grow, right? Sometimes you need affirmation, but you got to be able to know what you want and why you want it and ask for the right thing at the right yeah. time, right? So feedback is great. And I do love that people are willing to really give that that Real feedback. It's not, I don't, mm-hmm. I feel like when I get comments on LinkedIn, it's not smoke and mirrors. It's not like mm-hmm. Facebook where everybody loves everything and, you know, your grandma and your aunt and uncle are all like, oh, yeah, that's super cute, whatever. LinkedIn, people will tell you what they like about the video or they'll tell you what they like about what you're doing. And it's, yeah. it's helpful to me. Well, it is because you want to, you want to know. Mm-hmm. You want to know you're doing right and you want to know you're doing wrong too. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's been great. And it's been giving me a lot of opportunities. Who are some of your, the people that you look up to on LinkedIn that are doing a great job of that, that you've reached out and connected uh, with and just said, hey, I, I like what you're doing and oh gosh, made uh, some connections? There's been a lot. I mean, you know, Kurt, Kurt Mercadante is awesome. I like Kurt Mercadante a lot. Very real, very real guy. Um, straight up with you. I love that. It's awesome. Quentin Allums is more is a little more relatable because he's around my he's closer to my mm-hmm, age mm-hmm. and he's also start having his whole startup thing so it's fun to watch his journey and get to and you get to talk to him get to know him right. um, Vin Vin Thormeyer is a is a is a fun guy to um, learn from and listen to um, he's very he's very comedic and um, <laughs> I mean there's and there's a whole slew of women I mean I can't remember all the names I know like Amy Perkin was a huge one and then her and her friends and. Um, but there's been a lot of people in my in in the LinkedIn community in my life that have really shown that I have promise and this is real. Mm-hmm. Because again, like that imposter syndrome or like that self trash. Right. I mean, a lot of it's me being like, "This is stupid," or "This isn't going to work out," or "This doesn't make sense." Anybody that's willing to courageously let themselves be uncomfortable to start their own thing mm-hmm. is going to have it. Yeah. I have it. You have every every person I know who's done something courageous has it. Yeah. And you just have to push through it. And mm-hmm. a lot of people on LinkedIn have shown me that it, this is worth it. Yeah. And this is, you know, this is what is needed. Yeah. Or this is what they want. And I mean, I have, I have a very big outreach of mothers being like, I, I want this for my girl. Yeah. I want this for my son. And so um, finding a way to provide that is a fun journey, too. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think what's so different about LinkedIn is I often have referred to social media. And when I'm talking about connections, I call it a counterfeit connection. And I mm. think when you're, you're 14, 15, 16, 17, and you're 
simply counting the number of likes or shares about something that's counterfeit connection that's where you're looking for some external validation of some something that you've filtered and put out into the world right what linkedin is and what i think your experience is a more authentic connection with people that you wouldn't have met otherwise living in our community but because of this platform and because of the intention that you had behind it you're able to connect with them in a more meaningful way or that you wouldn't have had otherwise exactly and i mean that's where that's where cool things are happening Mm -hmm. because not only is it local it's it's global I mean, when I one of the first trips that I saw that you were taking before you went (laughs) global is um, we've mentioned your dad a couple of times who who teaches an innovation class in entrepreneurial endeavors and has a a foundation started up foundation. That's amazing. You should you should look that up. um, (laughs) Listeners. And through that, he took some students, including yourself and others, to New York City not too long oh, ago. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. So who did you get to meet when you oh, went to New York? Yeah. So so some of the highlights, right? I It was awesome. New York was amazing experience. I I'm not going to lie. I ask your dad. I'm like, can I just like carry luggage or I'm willing to like do oh, yeah. whatever? Can I go? Can I be a chaperone? He, 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 he didn't invite me, but I asked. I'm so, so sorry. There I'm you sorry. go. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should put in a word for you. Um, so, I mean, by far, some of the biggest highlights were... The CMO of Barnes & Nobles, um, the founder of Charity Water, Scott Harrison. Oh, I love him. And um, Seth Godin, the man oh, himself. I know, Seth the man Godin. himself. I know, and I was, I felt so bad, so but I was the only one to get pictures with him because so. right as he got out, like right after he got done talking, he had to leave. And I was like, I, I okay. No fear. Okay, a little so bit, again. a little part of me knew. And I sat and I made sure that like everyone kind of like lined the tables um, like the 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 vertical size, uh-huh. the longer size. But I had, a, I had a feeling, and I was like, you know what? I'll sit kind of near the front of the table and see what happens. Because he's got to get out the door somehow. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, but it was the far end of the door, so I didn't know for sure. And I was like, maybe there's a half chance, but I feel like that there's where the food is, so he doesn't. So maybe, <laughs> and he does, and he sits down right next to me, and I in ten I the first it. ten minutes. Was me just hyper, like trying not to hyperventilate? <laughs> I was like, this but is my hero. Here, but here's what's funny your hero is a um, <laughs> bald guy that lives in New York City who's written 40 books on marketing or something. I don't know how exactly how many. I'll put that in the yeah. show notes. <laughs> some, most people your age, their hero would have been some YouTuber or somebody yeah. that was on, you know. Oh, something way different. You're 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 hyperventilate. I'm I'm gonna pass out because I just met Seth Godin. Cracks me up. You should have seen a, me. A, you know, a, you a funny s- little bald guy. Oh, I know. You should have <laughs> seen me with my. Po- I had to do podcast with Tom Billiu. I haven't even I haven't even released it yet. I'm going to January first. I was so scared. <laughs> every time, every time I talk and ask a question, and then he would start talking, because I, I was in a closet, I was standing up, I would just dip down <sighs> and breathe, and I'm like, "You're fine." Remote. Like he wasn't in the closet with you, right? No, no. I, so yeah, <laughs> we're in the I closet was, together, <laughs> in my podcast studio. So. I was, I was just so scared, and I was like, "That's his voice, and he's here, and I've heard his like, I like this is like since." It was so oh, funny. I love that. It was such a mess, and but there, I was less a mess with Seth Godin, so we're happy. And there were other. Other students mm-hmm. your age that were there and having a very similar experience. Oh, where, we were all. I mean, the, the network effect of that. I oh, mean, yeah. when you all got back and started posting and sharing, it was contagious. I mean, yeah. all of us that were following it were just cheering for oh. the whole thing. So New York City, that was pretty big. Yeah. And then 
recently you have gone global. Yeah. So talk about that. Trip. <laughs> yeah. Um, spoke on education at the United Nations. That rhymes a little bit. But yeah. Holy cow. I mean, just let <laughs> yeah. that sit for a minute. Seriously. Yeah. So a year ago, if somebody would have said to you, hey, Ava, I think next year you're probably going to go speak at the United Nations. You're like, I've got swim practice. Like, what are you talking about? Right. I was like, I don't think I can swim to Sweden yet. You know, like, I would have laughed. So within a year. Less than a year. Less than a year. So the epiphany in uh, from the reading the book and the roundabout to now is less than a year. Yeah. You went from I'm going to do this. Oh, I have chills right now. You went from, I'm going to do this, sitting in a small community in Indiana. I mean, this is not a hotbed of Fortune 500 activity here where we live. It's right? about to be. It's, it's about, about to be. be. <laughs> you are, you are going to change that. I can see it. But you went from this, I have a dream, if I'm really going to yeah. be crazy about it. And now, less than a year later, you you were at the United Nations. You're giving yeah. keynote speeches. You're You're talking to influencers. Like, that's... That's phenomenal. I'm so Thank excited you. for you. Thank you. I wouldn't call them keynote speeches, not just yet. Well, but yeah. <laughs> why not? I mean, you've done a couple of talks, right? Where you've gone yeah. and spoken to yeah. people. I mean, it th- I, actually, three as of right now because I, I mean, sc- because just because of school. And honestly, just recently, I've been picking up wind in the speaking community. Actually, last Saturday, I went down to Milwaukee and had a speaking gig for See? their for their Milwaukee started. So started, I can call yeah. that a keynote speech. <laughs> I foresee you on the TED stage before too long. Oh, gosh, I think. Let's I... just put that on. <laughs> hey, yeah. TED, TED well, speaker. Well, no, I think I, I had. Should. I think yeah, I had a. I have a friend. He's amazing. He 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 texted me a while ago. He's like, hey, but I kind of like maybe signed you up for like a TEDx talk. And nice. I was like, no, you didn't. He's like, I might have, and so maybe that's gonna happen. See, I think it should happen. <laughs> I did a TEDx talk about seven years ago, and it has been a huge catalyst for my career because yeah. it is a reputable that kind of external validation that you know yeah. you must be legit enough that. TEDx let you talk, so. Who knows? It's like a nice, it's like a nice, it's a nice check mark. Because again, if people don't, ah, that's, okay, that's a bad terminology. But if, if people don't know, right, yeah. then then no one will know. And that's no, the problem. absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, are you kidding? I put that on every profile everywhere. It's like, I'm going to get a t- t-shirt. Hey, I did a TEDx. <laughs> Actually, exactly. my, my daughter was teasing me. She's 17 as well. She was teasing me the other day because when her friends or people say, hey, what does your mom do? It's not like, you know, she's a nurse or a fireman or something I, I mean i'm a consultant i'm a writer i'm a speaker she's like it's just not a normal job so i she goes i don't know what to tell them so i just tell them you did a ted talk and they think you're cool i'm like okay that'll work yeah. <laughs> so it does it gives me a little cred with uh with my daughter as I, well. I feel for that i have to do it with my dad and they're like what's your dad doing i'm like oh stuff, stuff. <laughs> that's the best part about linkedin that's the best part that's you so know funny. people hit me up and they'll be really nice to me um like, oh my God, do you like do you want to do this you want to work on that how can i help you and i'm like do you know my dad? And they're like, no. And I get, and I'm like and so like, happy Yay! over it. I'm like, yes, you don't know. Yes, I love this. I got this on my own. Yes, I love. I love my dad. I love my dad. Everybody does. <laughs> I love my dad, but you mean in me doing it on my own? That's honestly been a really big criticism, especially locally. Um, is people always say, well, you 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 just got this because your dad. You're just so you know just because your dad. And this is so unfair. I didn't call your dad and ask if you could do this podcast. <laughs> I called you. Exactly. Okay, I didn't call you. I messaged you on LinkedIn. There I'm going to stop saying that I called you. I'll probably never call you. Don't FYI. worry. I feel, no, don't worry. Don't worry. It's too, I get that, it's too 2000 and late. Yeah. yeah. But I get that, though. And I think 
celebrities, you, you know, you can point to celebrity situations like that, too, where they feel like, you know, I'm talented in my own right. And I don't want it to be that people say it's because of my parents. So, yeah, loud and, and proud. Yeah. And well, because, like, you do all the work yourself. I mean, Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Did, I mean, are some of the people, do my dad know? Yes. But do I directly do the hard work and ask and do the pot? Yes. I, I mean, I do all of this work and. I mean, I don't want it to go undermined. And also, every student my dad has has the exact same opportunity I do. Mm, yeah, every yeah. one of them. Yeah. So them sure. going off to the UN, them, um, you know, them having these. Well, anybody guests, has the opportunity, them. right? Oh, Any, definitely. Anybody could sit and and all of a sudden read a book and say, "I am going to start something," whether oh, it's a yeah. podcast or whether it's a business or, you know, you. Everybody has the ability to start. That's something. a beautiful thing. E- the equal opportunity. Mm-hmm. We all have the ability to do it. You know, it's yeah. just who's going to take. Are we going to? Are we going to capitalize? Exactly. That's kind of a mic drop moment, don't you think? <laughs> so yeah. the message for today is just start something, right? Oh, See definitely. What happens. I mean, right. there's no don't have no fear in it. Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, really thank appreciate you for it. Having me. I'm not coming down. Isn't she great? Oh my gosh. I hope you will go and follow her on LinkedIn and also check out her podcast, Mentors with a Z. And I will put the links to both of those in the show notes as always. And I'm going to give you a little challenge as a result of today's episode, which is similar to the reflection questions that we typically do. But this one is more around connection. I'd like for you to engage in a conversation with... A young adult, teenager, middle schooler, someone close to you in your life, and ask them about their unique gifts, talents, hobbies. What are they really interested in? And then listen wholeheartedly. I find that adults will dismiss some of the ideas that teenagers have with the comments, you know, you're going to have to get a quote unquote real job. When the fact of the matter is, many of the careers that the high school students today will be in don't even exist yet today. And we can't always expect the basic categories of jobs to be what's available to them. That's just not the truth. You know, I've I've said oftentimes that not all of our beliefs are truths. There are people making money on YouTube. There are people that are making money designing video games. So my son used to get a little bit of flack when he would talk about entering the video game industry. You know, he's now a songwriter and pursuing things in the music industry. But I could see adults just roll their eyes like, oh, the kid just likes to play video games. He needs to grow up someday and realize that he's going to have to get a real job. Well, you know what? Video game creation is a real job and it makes significant money. So I just challenge you to listen wholeheartedly to young adults, teenagers in your life and realize that they have unique gifts and talents and they are creating industries that that don't even exist today. All right. Again, I got on my soapbox again. Sorry. All right. Make it a great day. I'm not coming down. I never liked it on the ground. I'm not coming down.